Well, hello, White Sox fans. Welcome to another edition of White Sox Daily Live. My name is Ian Eskridge. I'm here with my co-host, the Danny Miller. How are you, Danny? What up, though? How you doing? You know, I'm uh, I'm feeling good. I was uh, I was enjoying the uh, the intro lead-in music, and I know uh, our our podcast listeners will never get a chance to hear that, you know, due to copyright. Yeah, and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, we're jamming out there, man. We're having a good time. Chat started before we got the stream rolling, which is always cool. And we already but, got uh, a yeah. hat request. Yeah. <laughs> so here I am debuting the Winston Salem Dash Marvel Defenders of the Diamonds hat. Yeah. What's the matter? Did I did you, did you lose me? No, no, I hear you. Oh, I thought you were shaking your head. Like I know I'm, I'm debuting my new hat and. We get a hats off request as soon as we start the show. Like, I don't know what Grim's up to, man. I know he's got like 14 million churros to redeem over here. But, but yeah, uh, exactly. You know, so gonna, I guess we'll just go ahead and do that. Yeah, going to have to come up with some uh, some new redeems as well. Got to figure something out. I don't know. <laughs> oh, no, I'm dropping hats. All right. Yeah. You know so anyway, welcome to uh, spring training, White Sox fans. Uh, we've got to actually watch a few games. And uh, the White Sox are nice enough to uh, let us sit without any televised games for five days now. So we're basically sitting until Sunday when the Dodgers are nice enough to broadcast a game. It's from... sexy over here, by the way. Yeah, I see that. Get to finally That's, see uh... Uh, another game, and it's at uh, Camelback Ranch. But, um, you know, the White Sox have three games at Camelback Ranch. Oh, look at you. I got that one. Um. Yeah, so White Sox has got three games at Camelback Ranch in the next four days, and none of them are televised. But there are there is uh, radio coverage, which is not my favorite, but uh, it'll it's certainly better off than uh, than nothing, I suppose. Um, <coughs> have you been able to watch any of that at all? Uh, no. <laughs> Shocker, right? Yeah, li- you know. living vicariously through the highlights. Yeah, pretty much. Exactly. Uh, you know, Danny's, uh, it's just, it's just that time of year for me. Uh, things will kind of settle back down and, uh, you know, we'll get into a regular schedule back at work, but, uh, these last few weeks and probably the next two or three are going to be a little ridiculous, but you know, I will be back in swing and ready to go for regular season baseball. And that's all that really matters to me. Yeah, you know, I I will say, you know, uh, luckily you've got a friend like me who posts literally almost everything of any consequence on there. So I would say uh, White Sox, well, myself, obviously, I am very happy to have a friend like you. But I would say uh, the entirety of White Sox Twitter is indebted to you. Well, we certainly know the White Sox aren't doing it, you know, so... (laughs) Did you no. happen to uh, to catch their uh, their video of Sebi Zavala's home run? I did not. Absolutely worthless. Worthless. Did they just miss the whole thing? I mean, you just saw the swing, and then you see him start to trot. Don't see where the ball goes. Don't see anything. That's interesting. Well, you know, it's spring training for the camera guys too. So I guess I just you know like. Yeah. One, media team you know i, I did uh, i did happen to go on to um i did happen to go on to 
MLB.com. And I do actually have the uh, the actual video feed of the two things that happened today of consequence offensively. Uh, there was absolutely nothing shown whatsoever of any offense or defense. Um, you know, but uh, I do have those. I'll go ahead and bring that up here in a second. Um, Fans don't watch the ball. That's so. Um, <laughs> you know, I think I need a little explanation here. I I get the feeling that Grimm is uh, being us. facetious, as you know, as he's been known to do a little bit, maybe. But uh, I, I I I don't know if I'm picking up what you're laying down here, bud. You know, I mean, I will say, you know, the the one the one thing is that uh, at least we get to be consistent with our comedy, um, because you know, wouldn't you know it. Four games into the season, White Sox are five hundred. How you like that? What? Huh? Aren't you surprised? Huh? So shocker. <laughs> I mean, you know, we can go back to like nineteen hundred, and uh, they're a nearly five hundred team across the board. Yeah. Grimtall says if the White Sox were a credit score, they'd be five hundred. That's rough. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. That's tough That's stuff right there. <laughs> Duh. Yeah. So um, <laughs> we've got uh, four for nine out of uh, Oscar Colas so far uh, in the on the spring, and um, you know there there has been uh, a couple of line drive singles, a couple of um, bounding ground balls. He beat out one to uh, third base, and uh, there's one that uh, went up the middle that went off a fielder's glove. At second base, you know, they, they did actually make the comment on on the broadcast that had this been last year, that would have been an out because of uh, shift rules. So, you know, um, you know, Yasmani Grandal also has got a got himself a couple of a uh, couple of singers, singles. Um, but um, they they were pretty solid singles. So can't really. Uh, yeah, I don't know that either one of his hits would have been out last season. I mean, one was hit pretty much right over the second baseman's head on a solid line drive. He's hitting the ball in the screws, but, you know, then again, he's been doing that for, you know, even injured last year. He was hitting the ball hard and hitting a lot of line drives. Sure, there were some soft grounders in there, too, but, you know, what are you going to do when you got a bad back, bad knees, you know, hamstring, bad hammies, yeah. bad, you know. Like, Basically a bad body. We'll just say that. His just his entire right. I mean, he's, body's bad. He's been playing banged up for like a year and a half, you know? Yeah. Uh, everybody and their brother seems to be talking about his workout program with uh, the Blackhawks strength and conditioning team this uh, offseason. And so far, it sounds like everybody's on board with uh, what he's got to say about that and what the Blackhawks uh, have said about that and his work ethic and you know, just the way his body feels. So, I, you know, if he can stay healthy, I think, you know, and again, here we are. It's uh, the final year of a contract. And, you know, they say about uh, guys in contract years, you know, I think Yasmani's probably going to want to extend his career at least a couple of years here. So, you know, we might, uh, we might get some good stuff out of him. Yeah. You know, uh, I was pretty convinced uh 
that he was going to be the beneficiary on the White Sox the most of this shift rule. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, still complain. I posted a uh, him tossing out a base runner yesterday, and um, he looks, you know, he looks a lot quicker on his feet than he did uh, than he has for a really long time, actually. And um, yeah, and that one you're talking about wasn't just a ball in the dirt; like it kind of bounced out past the right-handed hitter's box. And he was able to get up, make his way over to the ball, grab the ball, plant, and throw like a, a bullet. And it looked really smooth. Yeah, you know, I, the uh, the comment on the tweet, of course, you know, is saying that I am ignoring the fact that he should have caught the ball in the first place. Which, you know, I mean... This is kind of one of those hard things, and we talked about this before with framing catchers, is that their instinct is to always try and frame the ball, and it is a detriment to some of these moving pitches, you know, especially he's trying to, uh, you know, he's trying to catch it with his thumb down, you know, that's what you're, you know, what everybody's taught to do, and uh, tried to do it, and it was out too far, and it ended up coming off the... uh, you know, coming off the heel of the glove and bouncing out, but uh, he still manages to get out there, spin, and throw the guy out at second base. And to me, that suggests very good things. I mean, <laughs> I will say um, he's still very, very slow on the base bats. Well, that's not going to change. Yeah. Uh, he just does not. He's not equipped with the fast twitch muscles that uh, most ball players are or I think, yeah. say at least maybe not most but you know most of the Osmani Grandal he just doesn't have those fast switch muscles he's never going to be a speedster as long as he keeps hitting line drives I'm okay with it he'll get on base somebody will move him around if we only have one or two guys on this team that are station to station type guys as opposed to last few years where it seemed like everybody was a station to station hitter yeah I think we'll we'll be okay yeah. Positive, positive thoughts. Yeah. I mean, if he can, you know, as long as he can shuffle to the side and block pitches in the dirt and he can get to, you know, within a few feet of home plate quickly to be able to throw guys out, even with the larger bases, you know, I mean, not that it's like really a huge, huge difference, but, uh, you know, it's a couple extra inches that they get for, you know, in between the bases. So. You know, I don't expect to see a lot of guys thrown out this year, but his arm looks good, and it looks like he's able well, to uh, finally plan on that back leg and push through that throw, you know? Yeah. And, you know, you bring up the bases. I mean, the difference in distance between bases, I think, now is, like, it's it's four and a half inches shorter, uh, which in some cases might benefit the runners. We've seen, we've seen some plays where it's, less less than four and a half inches let's just say that like you know uh and, and you know with replay the way it is although you know i feel like they don't get it right for the socks half the time anyway even with replay yeah but uh you know with replay the way it is i think there's going to be a lot of those close plays that were outs are now going to be guys making it in just under you know the wire and 
I don't know if that's a good thing for baseball or a bad thing for baseball. Yeah, I know baseball wants to see a little more scoring, but speed the game up all at the same time. So I will see how that impacts, but I think Yasmani will be fine. He just looks fit and trim. He does. And he's out there. Like last year, you didn't see him smile as much as he normally had in the past because he was probably, if he was smiling, he was grimacing through pain. You know what I mean? Yep. I see him out there now. We stand at first base, and he's all smiles, laughing, having a good time, chatting with everybody. Just looks like a different dude. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, You know, and yeah, it's just been – he's had a rough rough time the last couple of years. Look who's here tonight. What's up there, Mark Orr? Donuts Donuts 33. 33. Dope. Yeah, I, uh, I I spent some time with Mark on Saturday night, and I, t- I asked him if he had had a chance to uh, listen to last week's podcast, and he had not. So I just let him know, you know, we uh, we gave him a little shout-out and a little love last week, and now he's here. Here he is. There's a Yaz mic up video coming out soon. Is there, is there, are you actually stating truth? I, I haven't heard about that. If so, that's, that's cool. I'll watch it, of course. Um. Yeah, so I need I need Grimtall to throw another hats off at us here. This, I mean, this new getting Winston warm, huh? Salem, yeah, this toque I'm wearing here is uh, it's nice. It's brand new. Came in uh, came in the mail. Yeah, yesterday Sunday. But uh, you know, winter's over, and I'm getting warm. Yeah, well, <laughs> I wouldn't say that it's over. You know, well, all right. We are in meteorological winter is over tomorrow. We're we're in pretty close proximity to Chicago, both of us, and uh, it's you never know, you know. I know. I don't want to jinx it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um. You must please forgive me. Moving along to uh, other <laughs> other uh, people, um, Yoan Mankata has not looked so hot. Thanks for listening. Lots of lots of walks. But uh, ground balls, strikeouts, you know the deal. Um, should spend know. some time. Should spend some time in Mike Tozar's backyard. Yeah, it's you know it's just something to keep an eye on. You know, I I don't uh, I don't put you know a huge amount of stock in spring training results per se. Me neither. Um, and I will say that his uh, he has been chasing less. Um, and the results haven't come yet, but I, he doesn't look terrible to the point of, um, me really questioning whether he can hit. It's just, uh, it's, you know, it definitely looks like he's not ready yet. So let's hope that, uh, this is just a, uh, you know, him getting ready to, you know, ramping up. We'll see what happens in the WBC for him. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, a lot of this too is, as we've talked about quite a bit, there has been an organizational shift in plate approach under the new coaching staff. Uh, it was, you know, it's been talked about by uh, Pedro Grafal. It's been talked about by, you know, as far as Rick Hahn, who is not even a coach, but yes, he's the GM. He's, you know, he plays a big part, big role in everything the Sox do. And, you know, everybody's talking about, yeah, you know, we know our approach has been bad. 
We know it's something we need to fix. I get the feeling that, you know, that's kind of just what Yohan might be going through right now. Like you said, the fact that he's not chasing as much, that's huge because eventually he's going to see more better pitches because of that. And I think that will probably result in better at bats, uh, better wood on the ball, and, you know, at least some improvement over what we've seen the last couple of seasons out of him. So, fingers crossed. Anyway, I mean, if we don't get out of that, if we don't get that out of him, you know, we could always take a little bit of a, a nudge back in defense and put Rake Berger out there. Cause what is that guy doing, man? <laughs> that guy's been his Wheaties. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the thing is, is that yes, he's hit two monstrous home runs, but he is still, you know, I mean, not that it's bad, but he's, he's three for nine. Uh, right. <laughs> so it's not like, uh, you know, he's been hitting literally everything, but, um, well, wait a minute now. We're not putting a lot into spring training results, right? You know, we just no, said, no, no. I'm just right, simply right, saying. Right. But the you know, like the the power there, the power is certainly not lacking. That is for sure. Um, I will checking. say. I mean, he's been at first base me. twice now <laughs> when they had the oh. dropped pop ups in the infield. Uh, it was Brian Ramos at third and him at first base. That is the common denominator of both of those awful plays. Yeah, um, I don't. He, let's be honest. I don't know why they've got Jake taking reps at first base. Honestly, I mean, are they just trying to get his bat in the games to get his bat heated up for spring training? Because we have enough first baseman on this team. We don't need somebody learning another position. I feel like they're just taking away from Jake. I don't understand that at all. Yeah, at no, all. Me either. I'm kind of. Uh... Not exactly sure what the heck's going on there either, but, you know, they're just trying to, I, I assume that they're just trying to find the best possible way to use each guy that is here, which is, you know, uh, with Pedro Grafal being new here, that makes sense to me. And I can, I can accept that, you know, it is a, okay. a new, a new place for him and it's going to take him a little while to, uh, to get to know guys. I mean, even to, you know. I don't want to bring him up, but, uh, you know, it had been mentioned by the previous manager that, uh, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time for him to get comfortable with, you know, the, the guys that uh, are on the roster, you know, and um, I expect pretty much the exact same thing from Pedro Grafal. It's going to take him a little bit of time, um, a little time to think it over. I'm going Ario Speedwagon on you. Or no, Forner. Forner? Forner. Are you speaking? It's going to take a little yeah. time. Uh, can't remember. Can't remember <laughs> who that is. It's one of those two bands. Um, it's probably. Yeah. Anyway. Actually, I think I was doing. What was that like one of those 90s bands? Oh, yes. True. Uh, that was uh, Tesla. Tesla. Love song by Love Tesla. Love song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. Um, yeah, I expect I expect him to take a little bit of time to figure out exactly who on the team can do what and figure yeah, out but how know, he wants to use them. Seeing Jake Berger at first base for me is like and I you know, I feel like I use this movie as a reference a lot here the last, I don't know, four, six, eight months. But Moneyball. That scene where Billy Bean and Ron Washington go and sit down with Scott Hatterberg in his home. 
You ever played first base? And no. You ever played first base? No. <laughs> oh, don't worry about it. We'll teach you. It's easy. Tell them, Wash. It's extremely difficult. It's extremely you know? difficult. <laughs> Grimtall says he feels like Berger will be traded in spring training for a reliever. And, you know, that's that's possible. Um, but I will I will pose this question to you, Danny. Mm-hmm. Do you want to see Jake Berger at second base? Uh, well, I haven't seen enough of him at second base to really say that. But uh, given his uh, range hot corner, I would say no. I mean, we yeah, all no. know. I mean, he's not he's not really as bad defensively as a lot of people want to make him out to be. People make him sound like he is absolute trash. He's not. Is he awesome? No, by no means is he awesome either. But you're going to take a guy who has no range at third base and put him over at second base doesn't make any sense to me. No, especially with the shift rules. It pretty much and, just hacks that right. off at the knees, right? Right. And and we saw him working on his footwork last year. And, you know, obviously he's probably, if they spent more time with him after that little video clip we saw, he probably got a little bit better. But, I mean, let's be honest, that our first look was not. It was not a great look, you know. You didn't have to be a you didn't have to be a professional coach or scout to see that this. It's gonna it's gonna take a little time. I mean, we might as well just stick on that theme, you know. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So Grimtall brings up that the Dodgers need a shortstop, and we were texting about it last night. I said, "Well, you know, if we get a few months into this and nothing's changing." That's entirely a possibility. They have the farm system to be able to uh, accommodate such a trade, but, uh, you know, we'll see. Yeah, I think it's all going to – it really – you hit the nail on the head. It's all dependent on whether or not – whether or not they are in the, you know, the right side of the wind column at uh, midseason after the break. I mean, unless he's saying that he wants Jake Berger for shortstop on the Dodgers. Oof. Okay. <laughs> Go for it. Oh, yeah, just By made, all means. He's got his brains just oozing out of his ears right now after hearing that. Um, yeah, so Gavin Sheets uh, opened up the offense for the White Sox and hit a home run, uh, the first home run of spring training, and uh, since has not gotten a hit, but he has hit some line drives. He looks like he's seeing the ball pretty well. Um Eloy is smacking the ball all over the place. I want to say he's hitting like uh six sixty seven or something. And um let me take a look here right quick. I do have these numbers up even though, like I said, it doesn't really matter. But I yeah. still wanted to have him up just to but have that him guy, up. That guy, you know he's gonna hit. He doesn't he, that's one thing he's never really stopped doing. Yeah. Does he have like short slumps? Sure, every guy goes through them, but for the most part, dude hits. Yeah, I mean he's you know I, he showed up thirty thirty or thirty five pounds lighter, which you know, um, you know Mark Orr made the best shape of his life joke in here all already, um, <laughs> and uh, did they actually post them ladder enjoyer? I like I should I should look at the uh the exit velocities on that. Oh yeah, yeah, they they put it on the uh, the box score. I just I didn't look at them. Um but the guy's got a 14-17 OPS right now. And um he looks it's like he's okay. ready to go right off the bat. And you know, he said that he, you know, 
Pedro Grafal said that obviously that Aloy's not fighting for a roster spot because that guy is 100% uh, at least the DH on the team, but that he's yeah. working to be a defensive player as well. And today they had him in right field. Um, he's been in right field once before in uh, spring training. And, <clears throat> you know, I don't know. I obviously today was not televised. Uh, so I can't really see exactly, you know, how he's playing out there. But I do know that I saw Gavin Sheets out in right field. And, you know, just like... It was like 2022 highlights on on replay. And guy hits a shallow ball to right field. Here comes Gavin Sheets trotting in, you know, and it drops three feet in front of him. You know, had Colas been in there, I think even if Aloy had been in right field, that that catch would have been made. Not only made, probably camped out under. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't that close, but I mean... Um, yeah, it's just one of those things where I just, you know, I know that they want to get him into the lineup and that the guy has a skill a skill set that is, you know, that, you know, here's you know the, the, thing, the bat though. is good. It is it good? It's I think it's slightly better than okay, in my opinion. Everybody talks about this big lefty power he's got. Yeah, when he does connect. He hits monster shots, but you know, people seem to forget that he only missed like 38 games last year. He was, he had appearances on a hundred and I think it's 124 games. If I'm not mistaken, last year, he had 15 dingers. He hit 240 with yeah. 15 dingers, you know, and I'm not, what's his OPS or, you know, what's his WRC plus. I don't know. I don't have that in front of me, but. I can't imagine it was awesome. I will. Like, I don't feel like he's, I don't feel like he's a guy that we're like, you gotta get him. You gotta get his lefty power in the lineup. I feel like Oscar, Oscar Colas answers that question. All right. Right away. Well, last year, year was, last year, it was a much bigger deal because there were less left-handed bats, but now with the addition right. of Ben and and with Colas here. Yeah. I don't left, really, yeah. I think sheets is the odd man out. Unfortunately, there are so many people calling for he's got it. He has to make the team. Well, no, you're thinking on like like you said, you're thinking on last year's terms. To me, hundred WRC plus. So league average. Yep. Which fine to me that doesn't scream he's got to have a spot on the team. He yep. doesn't. Uh, you know, if he shows out in the spring, if he shows some sort of massive potential where. You know, it all seems to click, and he is hitting those monster bombs more regularly. Fine. But, you know, that's what it's about. It's competition. And we know pretty much who's already guaranteed their positions. There's a couple of minor position battles, and it's the same. It's two of the same that have been the same two for, you know, years. Second base and right field. And, you know, I don't even know if right field is that much of a competition because we've been talking about it since the offseason started. Oscar Colas is pretty much going to be the guy out there because who else? Honestly, if it's Gavin Sheets, if it's, you know, Leary Garcia, uh, Billy Hamilton, these are all 
Billy Leary, they're, they're utility guys. They're guys that you use in pinch hit situations, guys when you need to swipe a bag. They're not everyday players. So, you know, it's pretty much it, maybe not Oscar Colas's hands down if, you know, the the way the team's going to play it, but call it like it is. It's his to lose. You know what I mean? So now we're looking at second base. So where does Gavin Sheets fit in all of this? Are you going to play Aloy in the field and have Gavin Sheets DH? Because I don't think you really have a bench spot for a guy who's just going to DH. You know what yeah, I mean? No, that's not, it's not the playoffs, you know? No. It's not the playoffs where you can have a left-handed pinch hitter just sitting on your bench. Um, I'm sorry. And, you know, I like Gavin. I really do. You know, I wrote a piece about the White Sox DH situation two seasons ago for, uh, you know, back then it was the dugout before we switched over to White Sox daily. And I wrote some really nice things about Gavin Sheets. I like him. I just don't think at this point in his career and the roster construction, the current roster construction, I don't know if there's really a spot for him, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, Cheese Rocks brings up that uh, the splits before and after his trip down to Charlotte are meaningful, and you know That's I true. will I will agree with that. He was better than when he came back, and uh, <clears throat> I was in a uh, hitting webinar with Andy Barquette, and he had mentioned that Gavin Sheets was not grounded enough with his swing, and that he was too much in his upper half, and uh, they worked with the um, the force plates that they had down at Charlotte, and CJ worked with him on his uh, biomechanics and, and sorted out the issue there with his uh, gas and uh, stop on, on, his, uh, on his swing. And that's what got his, his stuff going. All right, hold on. Let me, let me pull up my headphones here. Rudels! There we go. Sorry. Hi, John Rudolph. How you doing, buddy? Um, it, yeah. I just it reminds me of Rooney from. It does. Yeah. Ferris Rooney. Bueller. Rooney. <laughs> Sorry. So. Um. Yeah. So I, I will agree. You know, Sheets was definitely, but obviously, much better and much improved when he came back from Charlotte. I just don't know. You know. As mentioned, you know, I don't know if the the defensive inflexibility warrants a roster spot on this roster with how it's constructed. Because Andrew Vaughn's the guy. Right. You have Jake Berger, who's also hitting home runs. I mean, granted, right. he's right-handed and not left-handed. But, you know, I mean, Sheets is obviously going to be a better first baseman because he's been a first baseman his entire life. Um, right. He's probably even a better first baseman than Berger is a third baseman. I will give you that, but you can right. stick Jake Berger at first or third. You cannot stick Gavin Sheets at third base. You can't so, stick Gavin Sheets anywhere other than first base or DH. That's a, yeah, exactly. So does the bat make up for you know, make up enough for, you know, the defensive inefficiencies. I, well, and that's the thing. You, uh, How do you hold a, 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 a roster spot on the 25, 26-man 
for a guy who plays one position and is only going to play that one position maybe once a week. You know, if Andrew Vaughn's out there killing it, how often does he see the field? Yeah, see, that's that's another thing is that Andrew Vaughn has been fantastic. And if Colas hits left-handed, great arm, much better right. outfielder, much quicker. Um, you know, and then you're going to throw Aloy at DH. Where's he going to be? Benny in left field. Yeah, I mean, where are you going to where are you going to play sheets? There's there's literally nowhere nowhere to play him. You know, I just you know, unfortunately, like I said, I like the guy. I I would love for there to be a spot for him. There just isn't. I'm not. You know, I don't love the guy so much that I'm going to make excuses to make a spot for him because. You know, obviously, now we're getting to that point in the contention window where guys are going to start dropping off. Their contracts are going to start falling off, and I don't see the White Sox resigning. Yasmani and Grandal, Tim Anderson's coming up next season. Uh, you know, there there's a handful of contracts that are going to start expiring here, uh, and you're going to have to find ways to fill holes. And, you know, it's beyond obvious that they're not going to go out and spend. I mean, it's become painfully, brutally honest. Not, if you the, not that kind of spending. Right. If you didn't see it before, you have to see it now. You know, uh, so, yeah, you know, this is really I almost feel like this is a do or die season for them to. I mean, I hate to say it, like, I don't want to settle, but they have to at least make it beyond the first round of the playoffs at the very least. Yeah, the absolute no. very least in order to consider this season anything close to a success. Yeah. And you know, and I know thing, that's a lot of pressure to put on Pedro Grafal in his first season as manager, but you know, you've got the roster to do it. So healthy, that is. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I yeah, I understand. You know, I understand that it is a lot to ask for Pedro Grafal, but you know, he even said it. You know, he's coming into a team where there there is talent there. You know, so he knows. The players have to do their jobs. I mean, that's that's basically how it, you know what it boils down to is that they have to do their jobs, and if they don't do their jobs, this team sunk. You know, right, right. Uh, you know, all these. Uh, you know, if Yohan Moncada doesn't hit, you know, like what do you do? You, he's guaranteed money for the next couple of years. You know, so, um. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's a it's a it's a tough thing, you know, with their with their roster construction, there's not really a whole lot. Yeah, the thing about that though, and I made this comment uh, on a on a Josh Nelson post early yesterday. Last night I think it was, you know, somebody said something about, "Oh, well, you know, Leary's going to make the team because they're paying him too much money not to." And now we're talking about, you know, Yoan Mancata has got a spot because, you know, they're paying him the next couple of seasons. And my thought on that is I feel like as Sox fans, this is where I feel like we've kind of been so much that it's almost brainwashing to believe that just because these guys got a little bit of money, they have to be on the team and they have to play. Because that sounds like Jerry speak to me. You know, I, I don't, if there's a better option somewhere in the organization, damn the money. Well, I think you're going to see that with Leury, but I, you know, who 
is costing you five and a half million. I, however, do not see it happening with Yoan Moncada. Right, right. I, I mean, because yeah, I he's he's guaranteed this year, and he's guaranteed twenty four and a half next year. I mean, we right. got they, they got a club option on him for twenty twenty five, which they wouldn't exercise if he's not worth it. But I mean, you're still stuck with him for another two years if he doesn't, you know, if he doesn't play well now. You know, you got to finish out the rest of this year, then you got all the next year. So you got about forty million dollars being eat up by this guy if he's not playing. He's still not. He's not going anywhere unless somebody else thinks that they can fix him or whatever. You know, I mean, maybe the Tampa Bay Rays would take him if we eat all of his salary and then turn <laughs> him into a you know an all star superstar. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, though, it is early. We hope that his change in approach brings on better at bats and. He sees better pitches and, you know, maybe this whole conversation will be moot. I, you know, that's, that's, that's the thing is that I don't expect, you know, this is all just speaking about, you know, what we've seen so far. And the thing we, we had positive things to say about Yohan. I do not have positive things to say about Larry, although uh, he's hitting 200 and looks exactly the same as he did last year. You know, popping up in the infield, ground outs, just not, not good. Yeah, uh, I have nothing to add. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it. Sounds about right. Yeah, <laughs> sounds exactly about right. Um, yeah. Come so, on, somebody uh, hit me with a hats off. I'm getting hot over here. Um, yeah, otherwise, I'm just gonna do it on my own. Yeah, Grimtall asked about uh, how how Abreu's doing because he does he can't bring himself to watch the Astros. Uh, he's hitting. Uh, he's got. He's a uh, one for five with a double. That's that's it. All right, there we go. We got our we got our hat call. All right, there we go. Brb. Thanks, All right. Well, this is gonna be funny because Ian was just wearing a blue cannonballer's hat, a blue baller's hat. See what I did there? Sorry. All right. Anyway, so I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna oh, bust mine out backwards. Though. Swapping it out, huh? Ian was just wearing and all right. Oh, shove that down your throat. You got the, you got the flex fit one though with the cannonballers on the back. So yeah. Here we so go. um, so Romy Gonzalez has been getting some run in left field. And I uh, made a really nice defensive play uh, along the foul line. Um, and Dan Victor, our very own Dan Victor, happened to mention on uh, Twitter that the thing that he remembered the most about Romy was that no matter what position he was put at, it looked like it was his natural position. And that's the thing. I And I responded saying, you know, people have not appreciated him for his defense yet, but they will. Um, you know, you saw last year, what you saw was a very unhealthy version of Romy Gonzalez, and people are basing their opinions on Romy Gonzalez on the offensive numbers from last year where he swung and missed at like 45% of fastballs. And- After battling COVID and... What else? There tooth was tooth infection and appendicitis. Appendicitis was the big yeah. one. 
Yeah, it's uh, just uh, the worst COVID medical appendicitis year. Is, yeah, I mean that's 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 rough, man. Yeah, not not a good time for him. And um, you know, the thing is is the guy is very very good defensively and I hear people trash that trash that guy's name because of his offensive numbers from last year and I'm just like uh, it's not fair to base opinions on what he did last year. And you know, I mean people can do what they want. Uh I just personally don't believe it. Yeah, well, and that was another conversation I had on the old tweet box yesterday was, uh, you know, somebody mentioned, and and I get why they think it, you know, but somebody mentioned that they just weren't sure if he was better than Leury. And, uh, you know, I see better, better what? Like, what what? is Leury better? (laughs) But what is, what is Leury better than him at? Because literally nothing. Yeah, I mean, if the offensive numbers are near the same, fine. But the thing is, is yeah, sure, Leary can play six positions. He doesn't play any of them particularly well. That's the thing. Romy yeah. plays every position he steps out there on, and he he's a wizard. There's, well, you know, no two ways. I mean, I wouldn't go that far. You know, like we're not well, talking like, uh, you know prime Ken Griffey Jr. out there in center field. But, I mean, he definitely uh, at least competent at every position that they put at put him at. He's okay. probably, yeah. I'd say the his worst position is probably shortstop, and he's still adequate. Right. You right. Know? And, and that's not something that I can say about Lavery, because if you look at Lavery's defensive numbers and – you know, using just one pigeonhole stat, you look at DRS, he is at a zero DRS for all of his positions through his entire career. So at no point has he, you know, at no no position has he established himself as an above average fielder. Like everything right. is like from a zero, uh, like a negative 0.4 to a positive 0.4. It's like everything's in this little tiny window, and he has not shown that he is good at any single position. He doesn't have very much power. Right. He's I mean, a granted. detriment at uh, quite a few of those six positions. He's yes. actually Agreed. below average. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, again, the way this team is currently constructed, I don't know that there's a spot for him, regardless of what he's made. You know, and it's what he's over the next few years, he's averaging like five and a half million. Yeah. We'll be, you know, five and a half million. I'm okay with that. Paying somebody that for, you know, triple a depth. Yeah. I, I don't, yeah. That's the thing is that, you know, if you DFA him, I don't know as if anybody's going to bite on it. Uh, Like he's going to end up in Charlotte. Nobody's taking that contract. Or exactly. no, nobody's point. taking five and a half million that detriment to their ball club. Five and a half million dollars. Yeah. Uh I would guess that twenty-nine other teams have somebody in their system that's probably getting paid close to a tenth of that. Well, <laughs> yeah, I know, but I mean they're not gonna have to they'll just have to pay minimum salary. But I mean it's, it's you know, just the the point like the 
I'm still in disbelief that they gave that man sixteen million, sixteen and a half million dollars for three years. But I, I don't want to well, get into this again. Uh, Grimtall says Dodgers will shot. take him, and he'll turn into an all star. I would take that bet. I would absolutely take that bet. Yeah, I would too. Because you know, uh, his time has passed him. He's his I, best years of behind him. Yeah, Hanser Alberto is better than Larry Garcia, and they let him go. And he's now on the White Sox, and he he could <laughs> he should beat out Larry Garcia for for that same position Absolutely. that Romy's going to beat both of them out by. You know, right. I, it just doesn't right. doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um. I almost uh, wouldn't mind seeing uh, Leary make his way all the way down to Birmingham because there's a couple of guys that need to be playing a triple A ahead of him. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, no, I mean, you you, you don't want to put him in front of Yolbert Sanchez. You don't want to put him in front of Lenin Sosa. You need to have both of those guys playing. Right. And they're both better sorry. than him defensively. So, right. like, what? Like, why would you? Why would you even bother? I, it's yeah. I mean, it's just there. There's just no. I don't see how they justify keeping Larry Garcia on this roster. I just, I don't. It, it, it would not make any sense unless, barring injury, of course, you know, which always has to be mentioned. Um, you know, given the the last two seasons that of the White Sox health. But I don't see how you keep Larry Garcia over Jake Berger, Gavin Sheets, uh, uh, Romy Gonzalez, Hanser Alberto, uh, Billy Hamilton. Hamilton. All of these guys. There's a whole laundry list of the team before him. What's up, Murray? How you doing, buddy? Thanks for popping in. Uh, Murray. Yeah, so I, you know, it just doesn't it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, I I don't I don't see how they could justify it. Um, Murray, is that who is that who I think it is, Murray? No, uh, I don't know. I don't know if you. It's uh, mm. this is oh, uh, never mind. my buddy Murray Fitzpatrick. Oh, never Extra- mind. Extraordinary base I player. I thought, oh, that's right. We did have this conversation a few shows back then. Yeah. Sorry, my my bad, Murray. My bad. I was thinking it was somebody under a uh, fictitious, a fictitious name. name. Yeah. No, no fictitious names. Um. So we we did mention earlier the the ugly Brian Ramos defensive plays on those two pop ups. Um. The first one. Probably should have had that one. The second one, Jake Berger ended up uh, muffing that pop-up. Um, other than that, though, he's looked fairly decent at uh, at third base. And, you know, he's – I mean, it doesn't look great with the stick, but, I mean, you're also talking about a guy who had, like, maybe 100, 100 at-bats at double-A last year. And he's holding his own, you know, up in spring training – and he started, you know, it's not like he's only facing guys that are from double A that are pitching for the other team. He's seeing major league talent and he's still, you know, he still looks halfway decent. Although I will say that uh, in the game against the Angels, 
he had three swings in a row on the same pitch three times in a row and uh, struck out um, on a check swing. Um, but for the most part, uh, he's looked like somebody that you can look at and project and say, Hey, this guy's going to look, this guy's going to be a decent hitter and he's got a decent glove. Somebody that you could maybe, you know, project in like a, you know, two years or something that that guy, that guy could be somebody that wins something out of spring training. I don't know. We'll see, see what happens with all that. Uh, did see uh, your buddy uh, Zachy Flats out there as well. Yeah, yeah, he's gotten I a little too. bit of run. Yeah, he's gotten a little bit of run. Scored, uh, or uh, yeah, he scored a run. Um, he walked. I think that's. I think that was it. I think he just walked. But um, yeah, yeah, I will say you know like one thing that's been nice is that not only have we seen some of the minor league guys. But we've seen them in starting roles a couple of times, which has been kind of odd, you know. Like I wasn't expecting to see Brian Ramos out of the gate starting. Uh, that one kind of caught me off guard, you know, especially with him being so young. Uh, I was pretty, I was fairly surprised. Um, but I'm happy about it, you know. It's nice to see him get some run up with the uh, with the big boys. Despite the fact that the the one game they trotted out mostly minor league teams, so yeah, and I I saw that it was uh, you know less than desirable. But uh, hey, quick question for you uh, and for the chat: Can you guys uh, can you guys hear me okay? Because I'm noticing my video feed is a little. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, you were you were breaking up a little bit on your audio uh, a little while ago. Um, but now it's just your video has been breaking up a little bit. Everything else is good. Yeah, you know, just old internet connection. And just as you mentioned, you start breaking up. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, I know it's it's back it's back to normal. Um, so uh, as far as the pitching goes, you know it's it's been uh, you know it's early spring, and uh, you don't really expect to see, you know, too much. Uh, you're not going to see any extended outings or whatever. Um, Mark says you never look better, so that's a that's a posit- positive feedback right there. Um, uh, it's about what I expect from Mark. Oh, you know, if uh, if your friends can't talk about you, yeah, who can, right? yeah, exactly. Hats off. Yep, hats off. Be right back. All right, let's uh, let's go with this guy. Yeah. So I don't have the chat up right now. I'm sorry, guys. I've been uh, looking into my internet, trying to figure out exactly what on earth is going on here, and uh, unfortunately, to no avail. So, oh, Charlotte, Cape Town. Got me a little uh Canapolis Intimidators hat. Throw uh Oh I'm sorry. Canapolis. Yeah. My bad. I don't know why I thought that was a knight's hat. No, no, yeah. The, the, actually Whoopsie. the the knight's hat that I've got I've been wearing to baseball practice with the boy and that thing's probably got like all sorts of white artwork all over it from the oh, uh man. the sweat stains. A so. salty, is it? <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, a little bit warm. Did you get one of the uh, the one of the new uh, Carolina Blue? I got the uh, new Knights Defenders of the Diamond hat. So I mean, it's got a little bit of that electric blue in it, but it's mostly black. Right on. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a nice hat. I like it. Uh, Grimtall says he got one of each. So there you go. Um, we, we met up at the, uh, the Winston-Salem dash game last year and, uh, the, the blue one that's blue with the black, with the black brim. That is a nice looking hat. That's, I, I, I haven't gone out and grabbed any of those Knights hats yet. Um, other than the Defenders of the Diamond one, I gotta, I gotta do that. I gotta, I, cause you know. Uh, keep on cycling through hats, so I got to uh, I got to have enough hats to uh, to meet up with the demand, you know. Right. I uh, I purchased some new ones just this past week myself. There you go. So uh, we'll be cycling through those, and I've got more on the way. Oh, nice! I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah, you and me both. Yeah. So, uh, Lance Lynn. Um, he looked okay. He didn't look, you know, his first inning was a little bit rough. Uh, but after that, he sorted it out and everything was good. Uh, John Park, who pitched for the Knights last year, uh, he pitched one inning scoreless. Not too bad. Um, had uh, three strikeouts in an inning. So, um, was that three strikeouts? It was multiple strikeouts. Um, Andrew Perez, uh, reliever for the Knights. Um he had a couple innings. He did manage to uh, smack a guy in the nose with with a yeah, uh, slider, that. slider that got away. Um, but he looked good. I mean, other than that one pitch, he looked pretty stinking good. Um, yeah, I mean, there's been some uh, some fairly decent pitching performances. Uh, the two that really str- that really stick out as uh, having really rough innings was uh, Mike Morin. Um, signed a you know a flyer deal, uh, like a minor league deal. Um, not so hot. And Whoa. then uh, Jimmy Lambert. Earthquake. Jimmy Lambert had a. Uh, oh, Jim Bob. Yeah, that was that was not how he wanted to start mm-hmm. off his year. And you know, like as that tweet said, you know that your tweet said, you know, we're just stating the obvious. Don't take too much from it. And then you know, of course, you get the idiots. <laughs> You know, oh, he's right. only set up. And it's like, okay, all right, man. You know, like, I get it. You're, <laughs> I'm stupid. Yeah. Cause I don't understand that it's like, you know, the first couple of days of spring training. But, uh, you know, on his first two pitches, he gives up two home runs. The next four pitches are balls and he walks the guy. And then the next guy, he gives up a, uh, a very, very loud contact single to, uh, Jay Clam. And, uh, yeah, Jay Glam. Yeah. It just, you know, it looked like the, uh, the command wasn't there and his, uh, you know, his, um, signature curveball was not, uh, not curving so much and, uh, they got hit hard and he didn't last very long as his ERA is a 40.50. So, yeah, you know, it happens. Yeah, no. And it's, you know, as we say. It's just spring training. It's just spring training. Oh, I saw somebody uh, say at one point, did we lose the stream? 
Did I pause it on my phone by accident? Probably. I did. Look there we you. go. Sorry. Yeah. I'm just all over the place today. Uh, just hang with me, guys. Anywho. Your yeah, you know. freaking you out. It is a little bit, but, you know, I, yeah. you know. So, yeah, anywho. Uh when I say things like that, when I when I put out tweets like, you know, hey, we're just stating the obvious here. Don't go into full freak out mode yet, Sox fans, you know, whatever. The reality is, is guys are, especially this early in spring, especially in the first, you know, couple of weeks, guys might be working on a single pitch. Guys yeah. might be working on a single little thing, a, a, one small piece of their mechanics, you know, there's people out there saying, oh, you know, I'm tired of hearing it's only spring. I'm tired of hearing it's only May. I'm tired of hearing it's only July. You, well, the thing about spring is, is yeah, that's different than in season. Because spring, there really is those little minor tweaks that guys might go out and they're, they might be told, you know, we want you to throw 80% of your slider. You know, go ahead and mix it up a little bit to not be so super predictable, but we want you to throw 80% of your slider because we're working on getting those revs in the right place. We're getting on we're working on hitting that spot that you want to hit. You know, so they might get teed up a little bit. But you know, I digress. It's just yeah, I get it. It, it does get tiresome to hear oh, it's just this, it's just that. You know, but like I said, it's different than in regular season when we were talking about it last year. And all the people were saying, you know, it's only April. It's only May. You and I were like, nah, we're seeing some things here that don't look like they're going to get fixed. These are not, you know, little issues. These are big things that need big fixes. And then there's the big difference between now and then. So, you know, everybody keep your pants on. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, it's like, let's, let's give Pedro and his crew some time to work these things out and give the guys some time to learn, you know, the new things they need to learn and, and work on the things they work on. If it comes out where, you know, Jimmy Lambert's giving up, you know, three runs, four runs in a single inning with, you know, not being able to get anybody out and it's May, go ahead and freak out. Obviously, then you worry. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, you know, it's a, just the thing, you know, is that you can't say anything on the Internet without somebody saying something Absolutely back losing her mind yeah exactly it's just like <laughs> you know besides the fact that you know i there's literally like six thousand tweets on this on this account and we've, we've watched more minor league baseball than pretty much anybody except for people that work for the teams um and even sometimes more than them um yeah right you know like you can't say anything without somebody saying you know, like freaking out about something. It's like, yeah, I get it, man. It's a couple of days in spring training, but you you tell me that Jimmy that that's the result that Jimmy Lambert wanted for the start of his year. That was literally what the tweet said: is that he had that it was not the start he wanted for the year. No duh, you know. Right, right. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't clip the. I didn't clip it. I didn't put it out there. It was just you know. It was a a rough couple. Uh, a rough couple of minutes for old Jim Bob out there, and it happens, you know. And everybody's, you know, everybody on the team is going to have a bad little section of time where they're not going to look at their sharpest in spring training. 
And like right. you said, they could be wor- he could have been working on one thing in particular. You have no idea. So, you know, whatever. And I mean, that's that's a real thing. It happens. You know, it, it, there are going to be moments where it's, I'm not just making this up to make everybody feel better. That happens. There's one minor little tweak that a guy might spend two or three of his appearances in spring training working on. I mean, they literally do that to guys in the minors during the regular season, having working, yeah. having them work on specific things to get better at it. And if the results aren't great, you know, they do still limit pitch counts and everything, and they'll pull them. But, you, you know, it's like we're not privy to the information of exactly what they're working on and what they're doing, and they don't broadcast it either. Right. So, right. You know, I guess bottom line is everybody stop getting so upset over little tweets that yeah. really mean a whole I lot. I mean, I, I understand, that, you know, not wanting to hear it's only spring training. But the reality, this is the one time of year where you can say that, and it, it actually holds some value, you know. Yeah, All right, so what's Donut's got to say here? This is time to lock down mechanics a lot harder to do once the season starts. That's and that's basically exactly what we're talking about here. I, guys need to lock these little things in, and you know what? Some of these tweaks, as small as they might be, could be the difference between a one ERA and a four ERA. You know, and, and it's really what it comes down to. Yeah, I mean that's pr- basically almost exactly what happened with Lucas Giolito last year. Uh, who we have not seen out yet? Um, he did. Uh, he threw some side sessions as as well as uh, what I really enjoy. What uh, Beef Loaf came up with, calling him SP five. Um, SP five also threw a side session as well, and uh, it was reported that they both threw well. So that that's nice. Um, but you know, regarding Giolito's mechanics last year is that uh you know when he started having all those problems mechanically and he realized that there was clearly something not going right and he was doing something incorrect that was causing him major command issues and velocity issues at that point you can only make minor tweaks you start re- trying to rebuild your entire setup like mechanics your entire delivery mid-season right. just there's no shot that that's going to work you know unless yeah, it's not like old well yeah i mean it was you know like they did the same thing you know like in uh you know the cubs with uh kimbrel a few years ago you know when he was having all of his issues and he was just giving up all sorts of hits and the thing was is that they figured out that there was just like one little tiny thing that he was doing that was throwing everything off for him and then he started pitching a little bit better. Unfortunately for Giolito, that was not the case. It wasn't something little. And he went and he <laughs> tore it all down, firmed up his body, lost a bunch of weight, and got more lean and rebuilt his entire motion. You know, now he's got arm swing as opposed to before, where he just had like it was more or less just scap load into his pitch. Yeah, it was all low. Completely changed. So yeah, you know. it's probably going to look a lot closer to the Giolito from three years ago than it is the last two uh, seasons. It's not even 20 uh, years at this point. It's what? It's, it's uh, 2000. Is it 2017? 
It was it was is a it long time long? ago. Well, yeah, because is that uh, long? What did he shortened in, his in eighteen. Yeah, in eighteen's when he changed 18. it because he changed his whole motion in eighteen because it was eighteen, nineteen, and twenty. Uh, yeah, twenty and twenty one. He was all with that short arm motion last year. Obviously, with the same short arm motion as well, but the results were pretty bad. But. uh yeah, no, it's been like five years at this point since he's had that. Yeah, uh, why it does not seem like that? Doesn't though? Doesn't does seem it? that long? Yeah. To me. no, it seems like it just happened. Yeah, that's the but thing is yeah, because now, now... about it, you're right. Yeah, and, and I remember because I remember watching him give Dylan T some tutelage probably during 2020 season, which was already three years ago. Yeah, uh, about staying on top of his pitches. I mean, I remember you know. They were doing those cut shots of, of Lucas in the dugout with Dylan Cease. What's that? Am I cutting out again? No, no, that was I'm just adjusting my uh my microphone. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, no, I mean huh, you know, it's just these last couple of years are really uh flying by, aren't they? Yep. Yeah. Believe it's been that long. This contract year take four. Yep. Yeah, it's like all the all the young kids that we traded for, you know, in the rebuild years, they're all coming up to their uh you know, to their time where their contracts are starting to come up and they're getting all through their arbitration years and still No waiting. kidding. I, it's so. hard to think back that this this whole rebuild started basically 7 years ago. Mm, yeah, I mean, ish uh Six, Ish, six, I mean, six years ago, yeah, because it was the beginning of two thousand seventeen. So, I mean, we saw the beginnings of it. I guess, yeah, if you want to say it, mid mid two thousand sixteen when they sold off, uh, was that Robertson and no, it wasn't Robertson. Yeah. Who was that? Uh, was it Robertson? Yeah, it was Robertson and David uh, Robertson. And, or is that is that yeah, that's sixteen, right? Yeah, it was sixteen. Yeah, Todd nice. Frazier, because Todd Frazier signed in 15, right? Kept him for a full season, then only another half a season? Yeah, I think so, something like that. That uh, The Zach Duke trade or whatever. Yeah, all sorts of... I, yeah, I'm not saying it, there wasn't anything blockbuster that happened yeah. in 16, but I think it kind of... The things that we did see signaled the the, the fire sale to be coming in the offseason. Yeah, it was... Yeah, I... Zach Duke for uh, Charlie Tilson, I think, was like the first, oh, first, uh, first one to fall there. God, what a bummer that one turned out to be too, man. A lot of people had high hopes for old Chuck. Yeah, the uh, he's a Chicago dog, I think, still. So, whatever, he's playing baseball still. Made some. Uh, no, I mean, good for him. I, I liked him. I, I liked his potential. It just. You know, these things happen. Sometimes it just can't put it all together. It doesn't work out. Yeah, that and, you know, in true White Sox fashion, the health bug injury bought him as well. <laughs> bit him, bit him as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, by the next time we stream next Tuesday, I think we, let's see, we've got Sunday. Um, there, Maybe there's like, I think there's like two games televised before the last time. Or before that, before the next time that we stream, yeah, I think so, Thursday and Sunday. No, I think Sunday, you're right. Sunday. It's yeah, Thursday's uh, radio. I think. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah. That's what I was looking yeah, at. Yeah, there's a right. couple of. I think tomorrow's on the radio, and I think Thursday's on the radio, and then or something like that. Yeah, but 
We don't get a uh, televised game until Sunday. And then I, think- I don't understand that part either. When your owner has a stake in the media company that broadcasts your team's games and your whole, your whole sales pitch, you know, in, in years past, we've gotten good guys wearing black and we've gotten the grinder rules, all these clever sales pitches to, you know, to roll into the new season. And this year we got, we're going to earn your trust back. And, but we, we don't watch it. We, we, we don't watch it to watch any baseball in, in the preseason. Yeah, not not exactly my favorite uh, my favorite Five setup games. this year, but uh, you know, I mean, hey, you know, we Five got. Uh, hey, if you want to watch the WBC a little bit, you can do that too. But you know, five actual Sox. Yeah, and you know the White Sox are playing uh, Columbia uh, from the WBC, and that's not televised or on the radio. So, <laughs> why not? What are you What are you guys doing? What are you hiding? Um, but there's anyway. really not much of an ambassadorship for for baseball right now. You know, speaking of which, before we move on from this, we talked about this a little bit last week, and I know I, I posted something in our uh, our uh, website chat last night. I don't know if you got a chance to see that, but uh, the RSN thing, the regional sports networks, we talked about last week how Bally's uh, went belly up in. Uh, you know, there's going to be a handful of teams that are going to have to uh, kind of figure something out for that. Well, it turns out that there is now another group of networks who are expected to file bankruptcy. Oh, wonderful. Another group of RSNs expected to file bankruptcy before the end of March. Jeez. Which yeah. One, which one is it? Uh, it's all part of the AT&T group, uh, but they are signed under, uh, oh, one of the big ones. Now I got to go back and look at it. They're on a blank. Of course, I just brought this up and, uh, Sinclair, Sinclair. Wow. Sinclair is expected to file bankruptcy and Sinclair was big. Yeah, well, they had a hand. I, th- I could have swore that they had a hand in the uh, in the Bally in the Bally's thing, and you know, also with the uh, them being an issue for the the Cubs as well with Marquee. Yeah, wow, that's yeah. It's just the whole thing's a whole. I just saw something train about it yesterday. Oh well, Let's see if I can. Yeah, no. So that's. I don't know. I I, I, mean, I don't want to get too deep into it. We talked about it last week and the, the implications. You know, obviously, uh, TV deals that are left to be paid out to these teams, and now when these you know these regional sports networks are filing for bankruptcy, that kind of leaves those uh, unpaid monies in limbo, and you know teams are going to have to scramble to get new deals underway, and of course, you know. The fact that uh, how do you put together a, a quality broadcast if you're going to scramble at last minute to do it? And then, of you know, again, Rob Manfred in typical Rob Manfred lawyer speak uh, is saying that, uh, oh, don't worry. MLB has a contingency in, play, in place for this. 
will broadcast games on MLB Network. Well, you can only broadcast so many games on MLB Network. And if there's, I don't know, say 10 teams that don't yeah, have a... exactly. You're not going to be able to broadcast that many. And of course, well, they got the, well, we got our streaming service at, you know, MLB.com. Uh, they had mentioned something folks. about the blackout rules, about repealing the blackout rules for, for this. Yeah, the thing is, though, is you still, you still have that contingent of fans who are not the most computer savvy, don't really know a lot about streaming, are reluctant to get on the, you know, the streaming horse. And I think that's going to put them in. And, and I don't know. You know, I don't necessarily agree that it's a bad thing. But some of these folks have their reluctancies and are not going to be happy about it. And they're not going to be happy about f- being forced to stream. Uh, I, I, I really think this puts baseball in a bad spot. Yeah. Again, the ambassadorship of the game. The unwillingness and unwavering uh mindset to just keep the game out of sight from fans is baffling they just don't want it's like the money grab overall as a whole is hindering the growth of the game yeah I, but yeah, anyways, I, you know, I digress. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing to say about it. They uh, they shoot themselves in the foot constantly. Um, over, over again. It's it's mind blowing. Yep, all over money, and you know, which you know, I know that that's you know, like we've mentioned, it's it is a business. So I understand them wanting to make money, but there is a there's a uh, s- certain you know responsibility that they have for stewardship of the of the game and i feel like they are definitely not doing their part to leave the game better than they found it so you know whatever uh at daily white Sox on yep. twitter uh white Sox daily.substack.com you can find podcast form of this here program you can also find written content Although not a lot lately. Um, we'll figure that out at some point here. Um, I'm at iEskridge on Twitter. That is at Danny Miller WSD on Twitter. You can reach out and ask ask us a question if you wanna want us to talk about something in particular. Um, thanks for everybody coming and hanging out tonight. We appreciate you guys coming and hanging out in the chat and uh, having us switch our hats. Um you can find us on uh, YouTube and on Facebook if you are on those particular services. Feel free to look us up, White Sox Daily. My name is Ian Eskridge. For my co-host, the Danny Miller, you guys have a great night, and we will see you guys next week. Thanks. Thanks.